Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, in the universe, in existence. It doesn't matter. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 11. Going to be getting to a bit of Giants Dolphins week six, I believe. I'm losing track because the season's just spiraling out of control. And just why I think this game, it's probably going to get really ugly. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Giants Central. Incomplete! And the ball game's over! And the Giants have won Super Bowl 46! The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's going to be sick. All right, y'all. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and baby DraftKings ain't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SIXSPORTS. New customers can score $200 instantly and in bonus bets when you bet just five on the NFL. That's code six sports only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That out of the way, straight into it. No, no more funny business. Giants, Dolphins, good God, this could get bad, folks. I'm not excited about this game at all, and you know me. I'm a very optimistic Giants fan. This could very well be the worst game this season. Yeah, I will say the Dolphins last week, I believe, lost to the Bills, but we all know the week before they put up 70 points in the Broncos. So I'm not very excited about this. Statistically speaking, the Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL, first in passing yards, third in passing touchdowns, first in rushing yards, touchdowns, and yards per carry. So literally the best no matter what category and the Giants defense we know they've been solid this season they've been all right considering how bad the offense has been but this is going to be their biggest test like the offense hopefully they won't continue to put them in terrible positions because when the defense has had a chance like a full possession to stop the whatever opposing team's offense they've done pretty good for the most part but I don't know man the the Dolphins are very scary for the, the Giants through Four games for them so far. They rank 15th in passing yards allowed, 8th in passing touchdowns, 5th in completions, while also ranking 24th in rushing yards allowed, and 30th in rushing touchdowns. So a solid-ish pass defense, bad run defense. Bad, bad run defense. Um, And again, considering that the Dolphins have the best running offense in the NFL, like not even like the gap between like them in second place it was pretty ridiculous. So this could get scary. Um, and that this is this is even to make things even better. The Giants have a pretty good pass defense, but they're going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's scary. That's really scary to think about. Uh for some individual players to keep an eye on, Deontay Banks, he's been pretty damn good considering like just the sheer amount of competition he's gone against Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, uh CD Lamb. I mean, not really like on the tier of these guys, but even Marquise Brown, still a damn fine receiver. He's been very good, allowing just 10 receptions and 17 targets for 105 yards and two touchdowns. And when you compare it to some of the other rookie corners, like uh, Mr. Emmanuel Forbes over in Washington, who's really struggled this season. Very nice to see Banks stepping it up. 
Um, but again, going up against either Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill, and it could get ugly, especially if he goes up against Hill. If he if he's matching up against Waddle, which I doubt will happen, uh, I'd be more confident because Waddle's a great receiver, but he's not that Tyreek Hill tier. But if he's on Tyreek Hill, it could get again very ugly. Xavier McKinney is going to be a very important part of this game. He cannot continue to struggle like he has this season, whether it's even just playing coverage like he has been. We know that we know what Xavier McKinney can be in coverage, even if he's not getting like the five or six interceptions he had in his second year. If he's just locking down up top like he was last season, he, he's going to be a huge part of the game. But the problem is he hasn't really been doing that this season. Like he's been fine. He's been solid. He hasn't been what the Giants have needed him to be, and he needs to step it up this week. He cannot get beat beat deep by Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. And if it comes to making tackles in the open field, he cannot keep screwing up. Like he is going to be, he could make or break this game for the Giants. He needs to step it up. Contract year for him hasn't been off to the best start, but I have confidence. Another one, Kayvon Thibodeau, two sacks last week after a very slow start. A lot of frustration from him and the fans. Dolphins are going to be without Teron Armstead. Uh, their other tackle on the right side, Austin Jackson, he's been all right. Hasn't been like phenomenal, but not bad for, I don't think, a very high draft pick. Uh, but for outside of Kayvon, this could be a pretty tough game for the Giants pass rush because despite not having many big names on that offensive line other than Teron Armstead, who even then I think he's missed like a couple games a season now on IR, they've only allowed 21 pressures and two sacks. Like, I think you could make, I, I I can guarantee you the Giants allowed like more than 21 pressures last week alone against the Seahawks. So this could get interesting. I'm expecting Dexter Lawrence to feast. Kayvon will probably make a big play or two like he usually does. But it's just the other guys on that defensive line, like Leonard Williams, like Aziz Ojolari. Those guys need to step it up. Leonard Williams has been pretty damn quiet this season. And considering he has a cap hit of like 30 million, that's not good at all. Like he needs to step it up. He's always been one of those guys, especially recently. Like he, when he started his career, he's a, a elite pass rusher, pro bowl level pass rusher. Now he's kind of not slowed down, but fleshed out his game to where he's still a solid pass rusher. But now he's one of the better run defenders in the league. And it's more of just a scheme he's in with the giants since he was traded and then signed like three franchise tags with us. Um, but he needs to step it up. Aziz didn't do much last week. I mean, he he definitely made a difference compared to O'Shane Zimenez, who I'm not the biggest fan of. If there's one play that will always define O'Shane Zimenez's career as a giant for me, I believe it was two years ago. The Giants were playing the Chiefs. They were somehow like pretty close in the game. Fourth quarter. Uh, Patrick Mahomes drops back, throws a pass right into the hands of Darnay Holmes. Darnay picks it off. Probably would have won the game for the Giants. And it got called back because O'Shane Zimenez was offsides. So if there's one thing I will always remember O'Shane for, it's that definitely not going to be on the team next year. But again, just goes to show the difference between Aziz and O'Shane. Like when I'm watching Aziz, I'm like, yeah, he's not doing anything crazy. Like he's not, he didn't get a sack last week. He's not doing much in the run game, but even just watching him get to the quarterback, he does more than anyone else in the Giants uh, edge rushers other than Kayvon, which again is why they should probably sign some depth, whether it's a Melvin Ingram, whether it's a, I believe Robert Quinn might still be available. Sign someone, Jason Pierre-Paul, bring him back, four-finger death punch, bring that man back to New York, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, would love to see him back in a Giants uniform. Speaking of which, I don't think I covered this on last episode. I'm pretty sure it got announced like right after I finished recording. 
Justin Pugh, welcome back to New York. Another one of my favorites. You, you know, I love offensive linemen. He was always solid with the Giants, was solid when he left the Giants. Coming off of an ECL tear, we'll, we'll see how much he has left in the tank. Signed to a practice squad deal, but I doubt it's going to take him very long to uh, make the roster, given how awful the offensive line has been. But just overall, uh, uh, one key thing for this game is that Wink Martindale needs to put two under pressure. The Giants, I think, are second this season in blitz percentage. Keep like keep blitzing, like because they can march their way down the field with their little dump off passes. Don't get beat deep. That will demoralize the whole team and just put all the momentum in Miami's favor. And that's not something the Giants can really afford right now. They need to they need to just make Tua hurt. Get Tua on the ground, blitz the quarterback, make him feel that pressure. Don't make life easy for him. Obviously, that's easier said than done is, again, the, the Dolphins offensive line has only given up 21 pressures and two sacks through four games, which is, again, ridiculous considering the lack of big names on that line and how bad the offensive line was for them a couple of years ago. But that's all I have defensively. going to shift my attention over to offense. Oh, man, this could I'm, – I'm worried. Not for – the, because of the Dolphins' defense being elite by any means, I'm going to get into it, but they're not. Spoiler alert. It's this guy, this guy right over here. You see him? Mr. Daniel Jones over there. He needs to step it up big time this week. No excuses. Shout out to uh, Foco for sending me not only the Daniel Jones bobblehead, but the uh, wall decor that if I move my head next to the blanket, you can see. Very appreciative of them. Very glad to be working with them. But back into more serious business, no more, no more funny business. Uh, he needs Daniel Jones. He's a step it up. No way around it. We all know. We all know he's been struggling this year. Six interceptions already. Not all of them have been his fault, obviously, but that doesn't matter because six interceptions is bad. No way you look around it. And obviously the two last week, which I went into uh, more detail on, were both very, very bad. Just overall, I mean, he's not going to change these issues overnight, but he can't keep staring guys down. Pocket awareness has to be better. It's been terrible this year. Uh, and he, like, There are just so many moments. I tweeted about it during the game. Watching the difference between Geno Smith and the pocket, actually, I think I said it on the last episode, between Geno Smith and Daniel Jones is hilarious. Geno always knows where the edge rushers are coming from. He always knows where his linemen are going to be. He's moving. He's extending plays. And then there's Daniel Jones who doesn't do any of that. It's like if Daniel Jones isn't taking off through a hole in the line for a run, he's probably going to get sacked or just run with the ball, run out of bounds or throw the ball away. Like he doesn't extend plays like you really would like him to for a $40 million quarterback. But that's all I'm going to say in Daniel Jones. I went in depth last week and probably had my most negative episode or negative really anything of Daniel Jones. Wandale Robinson is a player that I have been begging Mike Kafka to give more snaps to. Finally did last week was easily the Giants best receiver and he needs to continue to get more snaps, continue to be a presence on this offense because not only is he their most dynamic receiver, He's probably, in all honesty, he's probably going to end up being their best this season. The Dolphins have allowed the eighth most yards after catching the NFL. So knowing what Wandale can do in the open field, get that guy the ball. Stop like stop giving Paris Campbell touches. I love guys like Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. They're not going to do much in the open field. Slayton, Slayton can burst out a nice a surprising run every now and then. But for, for someone like, you know, again, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, don't don't force feed them the ball anymore. 
let a guy like Wandale or even a Jalen Hyatt, let them go to work. Jalen Hyatt isn't going to do much in the open field in terms of like dynamism, but just his ability to get himself open with his speed and then just outrun the entire defense. That could be very useful, obviously. But we'll see if Mike Kafka listens to me. I'm I'm tired of him. Last week's play calling was so bad. And I it just it comes to the point where like watching the game where Brian Dable totally took over the play calling. Uh the just the difference in that play calling to what we've seen all season, it's tough to watch. For the offensive line, though, I'm kind of Oddly, no, I'm not excited, but it could be better. It could be better than last week. The Dolphins defense ranks 20th in sacks with only 10 and 13th in pressures. But then again, the Seahawks only had five sacks coming. The last week came out of it with 11. So like it could go good. It could go really bad. Uh, It's probably going to go bad because again, no Andrew Thomas this week. Daniel Bellinger, the Giants keep blocking tight end, very important player on that offense, is gonna more than likely going to be out. He's listed as questionable, but it's not looking good. John Michael Schmitz, the Giants standout rookie center, going to be out this game and not has nothing to do with blocking. I'm just looking at the injury report right now. Saquon Barkley is listed as questionable. He's had another week where he's looked really good and healthy at practice, but it all depends on if they you, you know, want to play him or not. I hope they play him because, again, the Dolphins – they're all the Dolphins are also up there and missed tackles. And again, the whole yards after catch ranking, like get guys in the open field, get like guys like if Saquon plays, feed him the ball, let Saquon dominate this game if he is healthy. Because the Dolphins defense, I'm getting like it's my next thing on the agenda here is very bad. They rank 24th in passing yards allowed, which the higher in this scenario, I don't know how the NFL, I think the NFL works the same way. The higher the number, the worse. So I just want to get that out of the way. 24th in passing yards allowed, 25th in passing touchdowns allowed. They only have two interceptions. And for the run, they rank 21st in rushing yards allowed, 28th in touchdowns, and 19th in yards per carry. So just looking at their run defense alone, that's enough to have me excited for if Saquon Barkley comes back. Like overall, this isn't a very good defense to begin with. But if just looking at the run defense... Please let Saquon play. To the, I'm praying to the football gods that Saquon Barkley can be healthy this week. Because if he's not, I don't know if I have faith in Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm talking to you, buddy. I don't know if I have faith in him to lead the Giants' offense at this point. Uh, gonna get. I hate. I hate. I hate saying how often I say I'm gonna get into it, but like I don't want to, you know, skip around everything. But uh, former, I believe, coach did a little critique on Daniel Jones and kind of opened. Not only my eyes, but just the eyes of many of like, yeah, the Giants have really made life easy for him. And then when life isn't easy for Daniel Jones, it gets bad. Um, we saw that last week where we came in and we were like, yeah, Giants can win this game easy. And then the Seahawks did kind of change the way they not really didn't super change the way they played their defense, but definitely were like, yeah, we know how to stop Daniel Jones. And we're going to show you that we know how to stop Daniel Jones. And he had one of his worst games ever. Um. But for overall, offensively, Mike Kafka, step it up, man. Put this offense in the best place you can to succeed because I'm so tired of watching dump-offs to Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton. Make Wando Robinson a, a big factor. Give, please, for the love of God, just give Jalen Hyatt some deep shots, man. I'm so tired of watching a guy who's very obviously talented. He has his issues. You know, Jalen Hyatt isn't a perfect player. He was he fell to the third round for a reason, but... 
one of probably the fastest receivers in the NFL, and he's not being utilized properly. If Saquon's healthy, feed him the rock. I know he's coming off a sprained ankle, but what other choice do you have? Matt Breda, as solid of a backup running back as he is, he's not going to lead that backfield like a Saquon would, especially with how bad the Dolphins' defense is. In a normal scenario, like take the Giants out of this position, just looking at these two teams statistically, I'd normally say that this would be a shootout, like a big high-scoring game. But with the Giants' offense, I don't know if I can say that. But it's going to come down to Daniel Jones. He has to make plays, extend the pocket, extend the play, get the ball down the field, just be better. Be better than you were last week. The bar is so low for Daniel Jones right now. It's kind of funny in a way compared to like how we were all talking about him this offseason, signing that big contract, leading the Giants to a playoff win. And a lot of people were excited for this year. And now we're four games into the season and everyone's all of a sudden done with him. I'm not going to say I'm done with him, but the way I'm looking at it right now is even if Daniel Jones kind of turns this season around, I'm still unsure if I'm confident with him as as a Giants quarterback for the future, especially if they want to win a Super Bowl at some point. Like the way the the Giants offense is designed is just not gonna win many games. In all honesty, running consistent five yard dump offs, not taking any deep shots, having to consistently run max protect because you don't have the lineman to block for your quarterback, it's not gonna help. Is the entire thing Daniel Jones's fault? No. The offensive line is terrible. The receivers, as much as I like them, are not very good. And the even the play calling. But then again, look at last week where, yeah, things weren't great. And Jones completely melted, melted down. He was terrible. He couldn't make his simple throws. He threw two of the worst passes of his career that completely turned the game around and took the Giants out of it. And if you're going to be a $40 million quarterback, you got to at least play like a $40 million quarterback. I'd, I take an average quarterback at this point, let alone someone who would be worth making $40 million. But that's all I have in the game. If I had to give a score prediction, I'd say like 30 Dolphins, 35 Giants, anywhere from 17 to 20. I just, this offense has given me nothing to have faith in them over, nothing to be excited about really. Uh, but two things I'm going to go over quick that have that have happened this week outside of games. Going to start with Evan Neal in the comments he made toward the fans. Now, I know I went over it a lot with Kayvon Thibodeau and his situation, but this is a little different. Basically, he called out fans for booing the team, and in all honesty, I boo the team. If I was in that stadium, I would boo the team too at this point. He said, why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep, which is just hilarious, like you're a grown man. And the person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere <laughs> like that's a really funny quote i'm sorry like forget you know the whole like how bad this comment makes him look this is that's a really funny quote and if you know me you know normally i'm very pro player anti fan in these scenarios and i understand what he's saying like the concept of i only care what i in my locker room and my teammates think this is not the way you say that like Kayvon Thibodeau I did not understand why people had an issue with what Kayvon Thibodeau said because he essentially just said the same thing. He said, I don't care about what the fans think. I care about me and what my teammates think, which is the way these players think and fans need to understand that. And to the fans who are like genuinely getting upset about him, about even Evan Neal saying this, grow up, man. 
grow up. I don't care if you've been a season ticket holder your entire life. Why are you letting the opinion of a struggling second year player that you probably didn't like in the first place affect you? Like grow up. And Evan Neal needs to grow up too. Everyone needs to grow up and start acting like adults here because the the beef that these players have had a beef that these players have had with the fans this season, it's getting a little ridiculous. Like I do agree with what they're saying. I understand what they're saying, but you don't need to say that. And it's just funny because the moment Justin Pugh comes in, he's talking about how like, Oh, you know, the fans are great. I love the fans. They mean a lot and never pick a fight with the fans, which obviously that was prompted because of what Evan Neal said, but just kind of shows the difference between a 33 year old veteran and a 23 year old second year player. Evan Neal has since apologized, but we all know the New York media, that doesn't matter. And at this point, the only way he's going to earn any amount of respect back is by simply playing better. And that's what a lot of the comments were under his uh, uh, Twitter uh, apology. It was basically just, dude, we don't care. Just play better. And that's what he needs to do because, my God, he's been bad this year. PFF is being not not high on him grades-wise. Like, he's still in, like, the 40s or 50s, but, like, I'm going to be honest, giving him a 40 or a 50 might be being generous because he like has been flat out atrocious. No way around it. And to cap things off, like I said before, Daniel Jones critique, former coach, said the Giants don't treat him like an NFL quarterback, only has to read half the field. And according to this guy, he doesn't think he can do it. And while I understand that, it's like, yeah, no, actually, yeah, he's right. What Like going over film. Like I have been this year. He's absolutely right. The Giants have given Daniel Jones a very simple offense to run. And I won't say he can't run it because it's more of the Giants offense has seemingly become so easy to read because I don't think they've changed much of what they're doing from last season. And defenses are now picking up on that. And that's just what's going to happen. And when you're running five yard hitch routes or five yard in routes or crossers every play, defenses are going to pick up on that. Like Mike Kafka was hired because he was, you know, a product of Eric B the quarterback coach of Patrick Mahomes going to turn Daniel Jones around and just become a, 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 an offensive guru. And he's been anything but that the play calling's repetitive. They're giving up on the run too early. They're, they're, they're not selling play fakes. It's just everything we saw from the giants offense last season is not happening. And that falls both on Mike Kafka and on Daniel Jones. I'll say in this case, a lot of it is Daniel Jones because even when he has guys open, he might be hitting them, but like the passes aren't on completely on target. Like there was a play against the Cardinals where he had a wide open Saquon running like a out route from the backfield, like threw it between his legs or in plays where Darren Waller has been open. He's had to do unnecessary things to catch a simple pass. It's just Daniel Jones is a lot of things. And I'm excited to see where he goes this season because it's going to ch- change the course of the Giants' future. Are they going to keep Daniel Jones past the season? Are they going to look to draft a Drake May, a Caleb Williams, a God forbid, Shader, Shader? I'm, I'm so sorry. I hate mispronouncing names. Deion Sanders' son. That's what I'll say because I don't want to mispronounce his name because he's actually been very good this season. But I just hope things turn around. Judging by the schedule, it's probably not. Like, if we're being honest, they play the Dolphins this week, then they go on and play the Bills on Monday night football on, uh, wait, no, Sunday night football, which is another primetime game where Daniel Jones will probably go to 1-13 in or whatever he is in primetime games. Then I believe they go out and play the Commanders, so maybe they could start the season like 2-7. and seven. I have hope. That being said, going to cut it off here. 
Very, very fun episode. Very excited for the Dolphins game because at the end of the day, regardless if the Giants win or lose, I love this Dolphins team. They're really fun to watch. And you know what? If the Giants are going to get blown out, let it be to a fun team. <laughs> that being said, thank you all so much for watching. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, of course. Follow us on Twitter at Giants. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.